0: Welcome to the Avail podcast, where we dig deep and talk about the art of leadership. My name is Virgil Sierra, and today we're speaking with Ben Daly. Ben is the lead pastor of Calvary Church in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex area and has a wealth of knowledge and experience in the areas of ministry leadership, consultation and oversight. Lean in as Ben unpacks his new book, Captured by Grace. Let's get started. Hey, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Avail podcast, where we talk about the art of leadership. We we get together with amazing leaders who are impacting the world through awesome leadership. And we provide resources that you can use to improve, to increase, to sharpen your leadership skills today today is not going to disappoint. We are with an amazing leader today. We are with Ben Daly, who is the lead pastor of Calvary Church, uh, based out of the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex area. Uh, He's an experienced church planter, an experienced ministry consultant. He's overseer of the gospel circle of churches and ministries. Ben has also written numerous books, such as Collide, When Your Desires Meet God's Heart, limitless the life you were meant to live as well as his most recent addition to his books which is captured by grace pastor ben it's so good to connect with you here on the avail podcast how you feeling
1: wow look mom i made it on avail come on check it out check it out hey thanks so much for the invite man i've been looking forward to this
0: yeah, you know, I think I think that here on the Avil Podcast, uh, Pastor Ben, it, it, we just people just love hearing from pastors, lead, ministry leaders, marketplace leaders that really are making a difference, have been making a difference. And I'm really excited about this conversation where we're definitely going to touch touch on that new book that just came out because I think a lot of people need to hear about this. A lot of leaders need to hear about this. Uh, before we get into the meat of today's conversation, can you just share, share a little bit about your story, your journey, so that our Avail listeners and viewers can, can know a little bit who is Ben Daly?
1: Well, I don't know how far back you want to go. You know, I'm, I'm, uh, I am the, uh, the oldest son of Dr. Tim and Lori Daly. Uh, my parents uh, oversee a network of churches currently in, uh, in over 30 locations, uh, seven countries and growing. Uh, my parents have been heroes in my life. Uh, there are six daily boys. So you got Ben daily, the oldest, then you got Aaron, Josh, Isaac, Caleb, and Micah. All the daily boys are married with children and in ministry. Uh, I met my, my best friend. Now my wife, Kim in high school, we dated for, uh, three years. We were engaged one year. So I married my teenage love. I married my high school sweetheart at 19 years old. We left California for Bible school in Texas. And during Bible school is when uh, I became an intern for uh, Pastor Jadon George. At that time, it was Calvary Temple. Uh, But Kim and I spent seven years uh, on staff at Calvary. And then in 2000, we, uh, we left Texas, returned to California and man did church planting and, and, uh, and seven years later, I'm, 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 I'm moving quick, but seven <laughs> years later, uh, Jadon George actually called and asked us to return. So in 2007, 2008, we returned, um, to Calvary. God really spoke to my heart to return and to honor. And, um, uh, and so, over the past 15 years, man, many transitions and, and succession, uh, now a multi-locational church. You know, you think about that. I followed a man who pastored in the same church for, uh, 45 years. I had a nearly 30 year relationship with him. Um, uh, did his funeral just Mm. uh, last October, you know, and, uh, what a, what a blessing he was in my life. But yeah, so now have authored some books, as you said, oversee a network of churches and ministries and recently launched a gospel institute. But I'll tell you, my major wins in life, man, my marriage, my, my family, my kids that I get to do ministry with and life with <laughs> and my, my personal uh,
0: uh, grace walk. But that's kind of my story, man. That's great. Uh, I love hearing that, uh, Ben. And, and it's funny. There's a few points that I think we have in common. I also married my my teenage high school sweetheart. You know, it's a beautiful thing when you have that story. And and um, man, man, I love hearing just the background behind you know, behind behind the legend, right? Behind the story. Because a lot of people might meet you now and see, oh, that's, that's Pastor Ben. Wait, he's doing awesome things. But it's great to see how uh, the Lord really see, seemed to have his eye on your family. Uh, mm-hmm. Love that. Love that. Let's let's dive in. Let's dive in. We, we like to talk leadership. We like to talk about resources. Um, in the past few years, Ben, you've released three books nationwide. We're going to focus in on your newest book today, which is Captured by Grace. But before we jump into that, can you just give us a little overview of Collide and Limitless? Yeah. So so my book here, uh, Collide, When Your Desires
1: Meet God's Heart, uh, this book actually released uh, went nationwide in 2012, September of 2012 uh, called Collide. I had no idea that three months after the release of this book, I was going to have one of the greatest collisions in my life, but wow. you know, basically, this book, you know, to some to some degree, uh, all of us have faulty assumptions about God, about life. Uh, we want it all. We think we deserve it all. Um, but sooner or later, we get a wake up call. And I say it this way: our our desires collide with God's heart, mm-hmm. and we realize His purposes, His plans are bigger, better than uh, than we ever dreamed. But when a collision occurs, we realize. It. Oh, my goodness. We've been wrong about many, many things. And at that moment, we have a choice. Are we going to shake our fist at God or are we going to cling to him like never before? And the good news is this. uh, God doesn't cause collisions, but he can use them for good. The truth is, I say it this way, we cause most collisions. Other people may cause them. We'll say the devil caused them. It really doesn't matter who caused them, regardless of the source, God wants to use them for good. Yes, yeah, good. To direct us, to correct us, to to perfect us. Uh, I- anybody can bring good out of good, but only God knows how to bring good out of bad. And collisions, collisions aren't the end. Thank God they're 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 the beginning of, of something brand new. I think I think we're we're experiencing that right now. Major collision, I think, in culture, yeah. in in the church. I think uh, there's some beginnings, some brand new things that God's doing. So in my book, Collide, I I share how to respond to collisions in every aspect of life. So we deal with marriage and parenting and work and church and and leadership. Um, As I said, three months after the release of this book, Collide, I had one of the greatest collisions of, of my life. This was December of the same year. And, um, I say it this way, the collision was my innate desire to impress God with my goodness collided with his desire to impress me with his goodness. Hmm. And, uh, and I came into, I really came to the end. I, I, I came to the, uh, to the end. It's like, I, I wrote my resignation. I said, I can't do this. Wow. And when I wrote my resignation, it was as, <clears throat> as if God said, thank you. Finally, you're taking your grip off of something that was never yours in the first place. Wow. And, uh, you know, I, I came into a revelation of the new covenant. Uh, about four years later, my next book, Limitless, uh, The Life You Were Meant to Live. This is a book, man, I never planned to write. fact is, it's, it's a message I didn't even know I needed to hear. You, I, I told you the story. I'd been a Christian for decades. By any normal standards, a deeply committed Christian, but I was seriously misguided. For many years, I'll I'll just say it this way. I was focused on all I needed to do for God. Mm -hmm. And I worked hard. I did my very best. I poured out my life to serve Him. But it was a grinding duty with no beauty. I'm telling Mm -hmm. you, most leaders I talk to, it is a grinding duty with no beauty. And I can't pinpoint the moment. I can't tell you the season it happened. But the Christian life became more about my performance, my accomplishments for God, for God, than about his love for me, for God. What are you gonna do for God? That's what I came up with. What are you gonna do for God? The fact of the matter is, nowhere in the new covenant are we told to do anything for God. We get to do it in him. Yeah. And when when I lost the focus of God's grace, I lost my joy, I lost my strength, I lost my delight, I lost my security. And let me tell you something, many people live life, man, just like that, striving in their own efforts rather than thriving in God's grace. So my book, Limitless, I'll tell you, it'll transform the way you look at the grace of God. It'll empower you to live a free and a full life. Really, it's what I call it. It's a life that uh, that, 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 that you're meant to live. And uh, so anyway, that's kind of the first two books that uh, that I put out.
0: That's cool. You know, I, I think we'll talk a little bit ahead where and how people can find those. But I think as leaders, we're always we can always use resources, especially from leaders, right, that that have been through, walk through. I've learned in my journey, it's so good to lean into pastors and leaders that maybe are, are a few steps ahead. Right. You know, and and uh, uh, sometimes we can learn from those right from those collisions that others have had. And that can really help us <laughs> in preparation for our collisions. So I love that. That's that's collide limitless. All right. So let's let's get into today right the, the new book that that's it's hot off the press captured yeah. by grace by pastor ben daly here's my question why why did you write this book okay so in in chapter
1: one of my book and chapter one entitled the war is over i tell this true story and i'm going to tell it real quick mm-hmm. um when uh, when world war ii came to an end man it was a time of great joy celebration proverbial swords are beaten into plowshares man prisoners <laughs> prisoners set free soldiers going home to their families but one man again true story one man second lieutenant uh, onada of the imperial japanese army he chose not to believe the broadcast announcing that that it's the end of the war hmm. so think about this for 29 years lieutenant onada hid in the jungles he hid in the jungles of the Philippines, refusing to come home. So knowing knowing he's still out there, the authorities tried to reach him with this good news. Hey, the war's over. However, Onada dismissed flyers left by the islanders as enemy propaganda, and he considered letters and family wow. photos and newspaper drop from planes as nothing more than, you know, just a trick. Uh, in 1974, a Japanese college student made it its, his a personal quest to to track down this, this, this old holdout. And after trekking through the jungle, the student found the old soldier, befriended him, but could not convince him, could not convince him, the war's over, you can surrender, come on home. Well, eventually the Japanese government sent Onoda's former commanding officer into the jungles with orders for him to stand down. So finally relieved of duty, Onada empties the bullets from his rifle, turns in his weapon. For him, the war was finally over, and he returns home to a hero's welcome. Now, I want you to think about it. For nearly three decades, <laughs> Lieutenant Onada was engaged in a war that existed only in his mind mm-hmm. against an imaginary enemy that he both feared and distrusted. Mm. This is my story, man. This is exactly how many people relate to God. They are opposed to God in their Mm. own minds. They think God's gunning for them on account of their sin. They have not heard that there's been a cessation of hostilities. They haven't heard that the war has already been fought and won, and the Prince of Peace is now sitting on the throne. And Mm. so ignorant of, of the good news and fearful of God, what do they do? This is my story. They're laying low in the jungles of religion. Come on. So to answer your question, I I wrote the book Captured by Grace for one simple reason. I'm going to tell you, most people have not heard the good news. That's it. They, they, They don't know what the news is, and they don't know what makes it so good. And how do I know? Because most are unsure of who God is and what he believes true about them. Or, or maybe they've heard the good news, but, but they don't believe it. It just doesn't fit in their grid. And they think it's too good, nearly too good to be true. So what do they do? They live under lies, refusing to come home. And sadly, I'll say this. This is just as true for Christians as unbelievers. Listen, I grew up in, in in church, and we always thought the gospel was for them out there and that we move on to deeper things. Let me tell you something. You know who needs the gospel more than anybody? The church needs the gospel right yeah. now. And uh, let me tell you something. It's the only message that will give you a life back. That's why I wrote this book, man. You need to be freed from fear so you can really live.
0: You know, it's funny that you mentioned that story. That it was uh, th- almost three decades. This guy. Now, here's a question for you: How many decades were you in the jungles of religion? <laughs>
1: well, what's interesting is I when 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 uh, when I started the process of coming out of waking up and realizing, man, this is really good news. I was uh, about 36, 37 years old. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And so I've <laughs> I spent a long
0: I've I, I, I spent a long time in the jungle. Yeah, you know, you know, as you're as you're telling this, as you were telling that story, it's so captivating, it's such a good illustration, um, because I think a lot of us grew up in the jungles of religion. And here's the crazy thing. There are people that will fight for you to stay in the jungles of religion, which is which is why it's important to have a resource like this in our in our hands, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you 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 mentioned something in the book, right? You mentioned you talk about PTRSD, that's a lot of letters there. Okay. Can you explain to us? Because I've heard of something else that sounds similar, but what is PTRSD? What does that mean?
1: Yeah. So Lieutenant Onada's experience is pretty close parallel to, to my experience when I came, when I started the process of coming out of, of the jungle of legalism and, and moralism. Let me, let me just I think, think. I quick. think I just got it, Ben. I think I just got it. But yeah. I want, to, I want Yeah. So, so legalism and moralism. Legalism, quickly, is the belief that following rules makes us acceptable, blessed, sure. favored. And many church people, much like the Pharisees of Jesus's day, they mm-hmm. go far beyond the, you know, the 10 commandments and setting rules for, for others and themselves to follow. Moralism mm-hmm. is the belief that being, you know, a, a good boy, a, a good girl sure. makes this acceptable, blessed, favored. So it's not so much about obedience to rule strict rules it's It's much more about, you know, uh, it's all the you know morality, being good enough, nice right. enough, kind enough, honest enough to to impress God and and impress others. That's really what wore me out as a pastor. I, I I couldn't impress God. I couldn't impress any more people. I was done. yeah, well, when I finally stepped out of the jungle, started the process of coming out in the end of twenty twelve, like I said, I realized, that I had been suffering from PTRSD. Here's what it is post-traumatic religious stress disorder. So, so you may understand this. I preached every week about saving grace or the saving grace of God, but I live like grace ended the day I became a Christian. And it was hmm. now entirely up to me to prove myself to God. I taught, I taught about the love of God. But I often felt unloved, and worse, I would say unlovable. Mm. I, I taught about God's forgiveness, but I often lived under this toxic cloud of shame. I taught that Jesus was Emmanuel, God with us, but I often felt that He was distant or displeased with me. Mm. I, I taught about you know the freedom we have in Christ, but I felt chained to to sins and, and issues in my past. I taught that I was a child of God, but let me tell you something. I lived like an orphan, desperately trying to, to get what I needed and terrified that it would be taken away. So my, my new diagnosis, PTRSD, is the destructive impact. Here's how I say it. It's the destructive impact of a grace-empty life. And I wish, man, I wish I could say that being a Christian for many years is a guarantee against it, but it is not. I wish I could say that being a pastor or a ministry leader or a church leader is the antidote, but it is not. Grace mm-hmm. deprivation can happen to anyone, even those who are who say they are the most devoted to God and to His work. And let me tell you, when Jesus becomes just a model to follow. You remember growing up our bracelets, what would Jesus do? I'll tell you what Jesus would do. He'd do what you could never do. Cause if you could do it, you wouldn't need him. And, and so, so when Jesus becomes like just a model to follow or a benchmark to reach or perfection to emulate, man, we have missed it. We've missed his love, gracious heart. Cause I'll tell you, Christianity was never intended to be us trying to imitate Christ, but rather Christianity is the Christ life. It's us participating now in the life of Christ. And man, I really believe right now, man, I've never been more excited about it. Our our commander is coming into the jungle everywhere to, to bring us out. And Jesus speaks a revelation of the gospel that assures us that, man, we're deeply loved. We're completely forgiven. We're totally accepted. It is not based on our flawed performance. It is based on Christ's perfect performance. And I thought about it in my book, Limitless. I I described the 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 wonder of God's grace demonstrated at the cross. And I don't even know if I meant to do this, but in my book, Captured by Grace, man, it's like I'm I'm inviting veterans of spiritual warfare to realize the war is over. We are free. <laughs> And we don't have to live in
0: fear. and man, we can we can live, man, the life we're meant to live. that's so cool. you know it's funny, um Ben that I, literally last night, I was sitting uh, in a, in a small group with some men from my church in a freedom group. and and we were talking a little bit about just this, of how our perception of God. I think I think um in your book captured by Grace, you do such a good job of, of making the connection. It's just how we perceive God will determine how we approach him. And so um, I was talking with these guys and literally what you're describing right now is exactly what most of them were ex- most of us were expressing as far as how we grew up or how it, was, how it was presented or not presented to us. And it's funny because now I have the diagnosis. I'll tell them, hey, you didn't know it, but you were all so- suffering from PTRSD, <laughs> post-traumatic religion <laughs> stress disorder. So this is good. Um, uh, now, I think I think there's something dangerous here that we can laugh about it and maybe we can laugh about it because we're free. Like we, we, we've understood this message, which is what we want people to understand and, and, and leaders to understand, but we got to realize the lies of religion are dangerous. Oh. They, they, they throw doubt on the good news of God's grace on the message of the gospel. Can you just maybe talk, maybe just touch on one or two of, of the most evil lies that keep people in that jungle of religion, that keep people kind of hiding and wanting to stay there. Talk to us about that.
1: Yeah. So, so my theology is a form of repentance. I mean, I'm constantly changing my mind. I mean, I, I, it's like, I, I, it's ongoing and the stuff that we believe that the, the lies that we've believed about God, about ourselves, man, really what's happening is now there's a transformation that's taking place and it is the renewing of our minds. We're starting to believe the truth. That's what the gospel is. It's good news. It's the truth of what God knows true about us. Cause I think so, so long you hear, you better, you better know about God. Well, the reality is good luck with that. The gospel is you knowing more and more about what God already knows about you. Hmm. And uh, that changes everything when you're convinced about what God knows true about you. And, um, and so, man, some of the lies, man, that we believe that keep us, man, gunning in the jungle is, uh, I, we could go on and on, but here's a big one that I grew up with. Okay. And I'm going to say it. And some of you, you're going to squirm when I say it, but here's a big one. It's you ready? I'm ready. I must, I must get closer to God. I must get closer to God. We've We've all heard that we we we've all heard, we've all heard preachers say it we may even think we read it in the bible but, but what does the bible really show us when we realize that watch we are and this is this is this is the pin code that i think unlocks the new covenant we are in christ right our 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 conception of the relationship begins to radically change when you understand where you are mm. co-seated right now in christ that you Co died with him, you were co buried with him, co quickened, co raised. Now you're co seated and co reigning with him. And you, you see, you, we don't get any closer than being in Christ. That's 1 Corinthians 15. We don't get any closer, Colossians 1 says, than Christ being in us. Uh, 1 Corinthians 6 says, we don't get any greater intimacy than being one spirit, one mm. spirit with him. Mm. So, so think about this for a moment. If you were going to try to get closer to God, which is what, how sad is this? That's what church has become. It's like we spend our life trying to get closer to someone who says, you can't get any closer. I made you my home address. Mm. Well, if You're going to get closer. How are you going to do it? And then we come up with, you know, you know, uh, would 27, if 27 more Bible studies, what about 28? If 28 will do it, maybe 29, or 14 more hours of prayer, you know, get me there, or, or seven days of fasting? What about 21 days? Again, all good stuff. And 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 after you do the work, how do you really know you're closer? So is is closeness with God a feeling? <clears throat> Feelings and emotions are fine, but but are they always a reliable source of truth? And so it's important to realize that closeness. This is the gospel; is a fact, not a feeling. The Bible makes the fact of our closeness with God abundantly clear, and it has nothing to do with our feelings. Nor is it based on any effort we make. Man, Ephesians two says we have been brought close, brought close to God by the blood of Jesus. Uh, Romans five says we have been united. To Christ forever by the resurrection. So let me tell you, man, it is the good news and the finished work of Jesus that makes us close. Mm. I can't get any closer. Mm. Now, you and I may grow in our experience of God's closeness. We may, you know, uh, grow in the experience of intimacy with Him through the ups and downs of life, but those subjective experiences don't impede upon the objective reality that those who have trusted in Christ are as close to God as you will ever get, literally joined at the spirit level with him. Man, we are married, joined. We are one. man. You mm. Come back for a, 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 a fiance, man. We're wedded. We're called the bride of Christ. We're mm-hmm. one. We're one with him. And, and do you know why this is such good news? Because this means, and this is a word for somebody listening today, that that's tired, that's worn out, that's frustrated. Let me tell you what this revelation means that you are already close. This means that all of the huffing and puffing that religion has shackled us with can be finally thrown aside and (sighs) see, that's the gospel. It's rest. (sighs) You can take a deep breath, rest and enjoy your union with him. And by the way, when I say rest, That's not talking about lazy. That's talking about an internal, quiet confidence. Some of the most neurotic up and down people I've ever met are church people. And Jesus said, come to me, all you that are huffing and puffing and worn out and burned out on do it yourself living. And what will I give you? I'll give you rest, rest for your soul, man. I'll give you your sanity back. People are losing their mind right now. The reality of perfect closeness changes everything. So the good news is this, man, that God has made you his home address. Religion is all about you working hard <clears throat> trying to climb your way into heaven. The gospel is a revelation that heaven has climbed into you. And he says, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'll never leave you. I'll never abandon you. I'll never walk out on you. I'll never quit on you. Come I'll Come on down on you. I am with you. You're not a motel. You're not a hotel. You're not a holiday. And he says, I've made you hmm. my, my home. I will abide. I will remain. I will stay. Man, this changes everything. Man, I can talk about a lot. I don't know how far you want to go. but That's a big one for me, man. Every day living from that awareness of perfect closeness.
0: Yeah, yeah. Do you want to tap into another one? Because I think this is important. And the reason I think this is important, uh, Ben, is because sometimes it just helps hearing somebody talk about it. Sometimes we don't give ourselves permission to think something or say something because we we might have been taught that it, that was wrong or, or that it's not the way. And, and I think hearing it, um, it, it seems like in your journey, in your process, the Lord really did a work in you, in your heart. And it's not that you didn't know God. It's not that you didn't love God. It's just that you you, what you were taught or the perception you had or what you thought was needed to have it, you know, was one thing, but then, but then the freedom of, man, this is good news. That's what the gospel means. Good news and good news is only good news if it's good news. Right. And so, and so we need to know about that good news. So I don't know. You want to touch on one more of those lies. Yeah. So, so in this book, there's 10 chapters. I deal with them. I deal with deception versus
1: truth, unlovable versus adored law versus grace. One chapter, man. This is a big one. It's called "Slow Suicide." It's still striving versus "It is finished." Yeah. Uh, I've got one on distance versus close, dirty versus righteous, victim versus victor, before versus after, seen versus unseen, legal versus vital. So, so I'll give you another lie. I'll just pull, I'll pull one here quick. But here's a big one. Are you ready? I'm going to say it, and again, you're going to you're going to go what? Because we've heard it. We've heard it so much. But here it is. I must live for Jesus. That's all I heard. You got to live for Jesus. Now that Mm -hmm. sounds biblical. Of course, we're to live our lives for Jesus. We've, we've heard it so many times. You can't even count it. Well, what if I told you that Christianity is not about living for Jesus, but that Christianity is actually Christ living his life through us. Okay. And that changes everything because if it's up to me to do it for him, I'll never do enough. (laughs) And believe it or not, Jesus didn't come to offer us another self-improvement program. Mm -hmm. He came to offer us a self-replacement program. Come on. By which he says, I crucified the old you and raised you up brand new life. Old things passed away, all things new. And when I talk about the new you, I'm talking about your brand new born again spirit. I didn't say your unrenewed mind. The fact of the matter is I hear preachers all the time say, well, we got to get what's in our head to our heart. Wrong. You got to get what's in your heart into your head. You've got a brand new heart. Now you got to believe it. And in fact, I would say this, that he came to identify so much with us that when he died, we died. Paul said, when he rose, we rose. Mm-hmm. In, in in fact, I'll just read uh, uh, Colossians uh, 3, verse 3 and 4. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. Listen, you died. If if you ask most Christians, what did Jesus do? They'd say Jesus died. That's not the message of the new covenant. The new covenant is, Paul says, I was crucified with Christ. Mm -hmm. Uh, He told the Corinthians, we died with Christ. He told Mm -hmm. the Romans, we died with Christ. We all died with Christ. It's not just Jesus died. Jesus didn't just die for you. He died as you. And let me tell Mm -hmm. you, if you don't know you already died, then you'll never truly live. Mm. You'll spend your whole life trying to put to death. Let me tell you, that's frustrating. Spending your life trying to put to death something that's already dead. (laughs) If we believe this stuff, you'd shut down 90% of your ministries in church because people would finally start living. They'd start enjoying life. Uh, Closeness to God is a gift of grace. And so is, you know, his life and power being expressed in us and through us. It's not something we conjure up through emotions or, or effort. It's something like everything else with grace. You believe and
0: receive, you believe and receive. Mm -hmm. That's the Christ life. So good. Um, You know, I think, I think the reason, one of the reasons, and, and I want to pick your brain a little bit about about why leaders need this book, this message. But but even as I'm thinking about it, um, those of us who lead, those of us who pastor, those of us who have any form of influence over others, um, not only not only is this important because we need it, but we can then become that vehicle. We can become kind of that voice that helps other people break out of this jungle, right? This jungle of religion that we can easily be tied up in for such a long time. So let's speak to that as we're, as we're hitting the final stretch here, Ben, um, here at Avail, we target leaders. We want, we want to put resources and, and messages in leaders' hands. Why do leaders need this book captured by grace?
1: Well, my God, I fought for years to get into green rooms and get around leaders. And I was so disappointed when I finally got there and realized they're just as broken Bound up, <laughs> frustrated, angry, insecure people that I've ever met. And the only thing that'll set us free is the gospel. And here's the reality why leaders need it only free people can free people. Come on. That's it. A.W. A. Tozer said this. He said, The way we think about God is the most important thing about us. A leader wow. who doesn't relate to God in a whole Bible, healthy theology way can't relate to or lead others. In a healthy way, either. And Mm -hmm. many of the paradigms of leadership that we've been given have replaced identity discovery with image management. And so leaders are burning out. I have never seen it at this level. They are burning out trying to hold up their image because. They're leading to be seen as valuable rather than leading from their value. Uh And and all of their relationships are suffering. Their marriages are suffering. Their children are suffering. Their churches are suffering. They're leading to be accepted rather than leading from the knowledge that they're already accepted. And so, my books, this last book, Captured by Grace Man, deals with the core of a leader and helps them lead from identity. Hmm. rather than for an identity. And I think this is the most important conversation that we should be having
0: right now in in life and and ministry. Yeah, that's good. Uh, Leaders, leaders, leaders. It's always important to be growing, to be taking this in. I think that there's some of you listening or watching this podcast and you're thinking, Amen, yes, I love it. Agreement. I think there's another percentage. that might be saying, "Wait a second, I've never heard it this way." This, are you sure, Ben? Are you sure? Who is this Ben Daly? Who is this? Who's Virgil? Who's, who's Because because it really can feel it. It can feel like a kind of out of left field. Like what? Wait a second. This changes a lot of things, if not everything. Uh, so this is an important. Hey, at least we, we hope we got your attention here. We That's hope we got right. your attention. And, and here's a question, Ben. If, if people want to get this book, uh, what's the best way of them finding the book? Also, how can they connect with you? Nowadays, it's always great to connect with leaders. We're it. making it a difference.
1: Love it. So my social media is just at Ben W. Daly, B-E-N-W-D-A-I-L-E-Y. Mm-hmm. Uh, our church website, calvarychurch.cc. We've got locations and information there. My personal website is Ben Daily dot com b-e-n-d-a-i-l-e-y dot com and you can purchase captured by grace there at Bendaily.com you can get it at amazon barnes and noble walmart ChristianBook.com, i think books a million google books everywhere books are sold in over 120 co- countries uh globally so um man i i'd,
0: I'd love to um, to connect and stay connected That's great. That's great. And and by the way, if you go to bendaly.com, that's Ben, D-A-I-L-E-Y.com. You'll also take a peek at Collide and Limitless, which are Ben's other books. Uh, Make sure you check it out and and connect with him. Follow him on social media. Good way to stay connected. Um, We love resources, Ben. We love it. And uh, and speaking of resources, we have the Avail Journal, the Avail Journal. It's for me, honestly, in this time, in this moment, it's the top Christian leadership magazine that i've seen out there any thoughts or comments about the avail journal man i get it every every month or a quarter i guess yeah every quarter uh, but i i have i
1: have them in different offices around here so i feel like i get it regularly but uh, but the articles the stories the content the resources um the look the vibe i mean you're right it is it is one of the best pieces uh, out there
0: yeah. I think, thanks for that. Um, if if you're watching or listening right now to this podcast, the Avail journal, not only does it look good, it feels, gets a quality uh, Christian leadership journal. You can get a free annual subscription on us by going to availjournal.com we want to get resources we want to love you leaders let yourself be loved come on availjournal.com you can get a free annual subscription I'm telling you it's going to be worth it you might even think about getting a few other ones for your leader people you're leading people you love people you care about because it is that good whether you're in ministry leadership marketplace leadership want to encourage you availjournal.com claim your free annual subscription Um, Ben this has been an awesome conversation I've 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 actually been leaning in the whole time because I love it Um, um, I think the Lord's bit, has done a work in my life similar to yours. Just, just kind of coming free from some of that. Uh, sometimes you got. Sometimes those vines from the jungle they they kind of creep up and they want they want to they. I don't know if there's a chapter on that, but they want to kind of bring you back in, right, that's, right, that's right. And pull you back. This has been a good conversation. This is on, this
1: is a, this is this is ongoing. This this is really ongoing. I mean, we constantly faith comes by here. I, I have to hear the gospel every day. I. As leaders, we need the gospel preached to us more than anybody else. I've got to hear it over and over and over again.
0: <laughs> can you leave us just with a final thought, a nugget, something that yes. you can leave on the hearts of everybody here at Avail?
1: Yeah, and what I'm going to do for my final thought here is I just thought of this. I'm going to open up to page 28. and I'm just going to read these these couple of sentences. Cool. For many years, I taught thousands of points but in much of that time, I miss the main point. Hmm. The point is Jesus. He's the one who has given us a new status as cherished children of God. He's the one who has paid the price to set us free. He's the one who invites us to bask in his love all day, every day. Before we die, there will always be a struggle, but too often it's the wrong struggle. For a long time, I struggled to be good enough to earn God's approval, and now it's very different. It's the struggle to think right thoughts about God's grace so he can change me from the inside out. The writer of Hebrews says that we labor to enter God's rest. So our only struggle, hear me, leader, your only struggle is to stop struggling because (laughs) the war is over and he is the victor. I have been captured by grace and my prayer is that you will too.
0: Woo! hashtag drop the mic pastor ben Daly, love it um hey everybody i hope you've been encouraged by this conversation i hope you've been um challenged maybe uh whether you're saying amen because you you kind of have experienced uh what what ben has been talking about or whether you're like um, let me take this, and let me pray about this. Hey, wherever you are, this is good. This is part of your journey, part of your walk. But as leaders, we just want you to know God has purpose, God has plan, and when you receive a message like "Captured by Grace," it could it could change the trajectory of your life, of your walk, of your relationships, of 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 your relationship with the Lord. And so, we hope that you're uh, encouraged by this, uh, Pastor Ben. Thank you for taking this time to connect with us here on the Avail Podcast. Uh, we we believe in you and your ministry and god's calling upon you we're proud of you i can't wait to see what god's going to do with this with this book uh, in this wow. season of your life um man we, we honor you and and on behalf of dr sam chand Martine van tilburg the whole avail team who works behind the scenes thank you for being such a blessing to us wow thank you all i'm so grateful for the friendship That's so good. Hey, everybody, thanks for connecting with us once again here on the Avail podcast, where we have a new episode every single week with amazing leaders, uh, pastors, influencers, and we want you to keep growing in the art of leadership. So we'll catch you next time here on the Avail podcast. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Avail podcast. We hope you've been captured by the grace of this conversation with Ben Daly. Remember, you can connect with Ben by going to bendaily.com. For more leadership resources, check us out at theartofleadership.com. Make sure to claim your free annual subscription of the Avail Journal at availjournal.com. And if you'd like to connect to our growing leadership community on Facebook, visit Avail Leadership Connect. Com. As always, I'm your Avail Media host, Virgil Sierra. Muchas gracias. Thank you for connecting with us to learn the art of leadership here at the Avail Podcast.